Welcome to the Well Hello Magic Podcast, hosted by me, Jessica Mickelson. My goal is to teach you how to have a memorable Disney vacation. As a mom of four, military wife, and lifelong Disney goer, I want to share the magic of the parks with you and help you experience that magic at home too. You can find me at Well Hello Magic on all social media platforms. And my main hub is www.wellhellomagic.com, which has everything you need for a successful Disney trip and more. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Disney family. Thank you for joining me for another podcast. Today, we are going to jump in and talk about planning for large groups and families. This is something that happens all the time at Walt Disney World because it is a place where you want to go with big groups, grandparents, extended family. I am headed down to Walt Disney World in less than 20 days, and we are going with another family, and their entire family is also going to be there for part of the trip. So I'm going to go over just some key things to talk about when Whenever you are planning a trip with another family, especially when you have two families that do Disney very differently. So the first thing you're always going to do is determine what kind of groups are going. So we are going with one other family this time and they have extended family that's coming on the trip. In September, we took my entire family, my sister, her husband, her child, my brother, my parents. So there were three other families to basically consider on that trip. We've also gone on trips where it's been my husband's family and they also have four families that you have to consider. So the best thing to do is there's always going to be an identified point person of each group or each family. And then there's going to be probably an overall planner if you're listening to the this podcast, you're probably the overall planner trying to figure out how you're going to manage a large group going to Walt Disney World. So one of the things I'm going to assume in this podcast is dates are set, you know where you're staying. I would still talk to the group about budget. I think it's important to understand not everyone has the same budget. When we go with families, we do not buy souvenirs at the park very often. So I make it clear to my kids that, you know, this is their first time or they don't come to Disney as often. So you may see them buying souvenirs, but we're not going to buy souvenirs because we're here all the time. So establishing that boundary with your children, especially if there's other kids in the group, And just knowing what the other parents' intention or grandparents' intentions are for souvenirs and the budget for dining reservations and that kind of stuff ahead of time really will alleviate a lot of stress. But going into this podcast, I'm going to assume that this has all been discussed, that budget has been discussed, you know where you're staying, you know when you're getting there. So I'm going to skip over to really planning out your time there in the park days. If you need more help with planning your large group, I will have a chapter published in my Joy in Planning course on large families in August. So you can always check that out. Shameless plug there. So my first rule with large families is to get the park hopper tickets. I always say if it's your first trip to Walt Disney World, skip on the park hopper tickets. These parks are so large. One day at each park is truly not enough. If you're going with the intention of just riding rides, maybe you can accomplish rides, but there's so much at the park to do outside of rides. Don't get stuck in the amusement park trap that happens at Walt Disney World. We wouldn't go as much as we do if we were just going to get on some rides. So I usually discourage it, but with large groups, park hoppers, I feel like are necessary because it gives you freedom and flexibility, especially if you're going with a group that has young children, 
teenagers, some grandparents, not everyone is going to want to be together all the time, not because they don't want to be together, but maybe the adults and the teenagers want to ride, you know, Tron or Guardians or stay late. And the other group is like, let's go have dinner at Epcot and head back to the resort. Park hoppers just give you that freedom when you have such a large group. I know it's more expensive. I know it's a splurge. And I know a lot of times you don't even get to use those park hoppers till towards the end of the trip. But again, that flexibility when the group is so large and if ages really vary is going to be necessary to have a well-balanced and honestly a flexible trip because the more people you have, the more flexible you're really going to need to be. Then there's always a few housekeeping things you need to do before you get into this planning of your days. So you want to make sure that all your parties are linked. If you have over 12 people, you need two point people that everyone needs to be linked with. So 12 people in one party are linked and then the rest of the party are linked to another person who understands what they're doing with Genie Plus in dining reservations. You also want to call the Disney Resort, set up a travel with number, which is basically letting them know this is the reservation number to the party that I'm staying with. Please try to get us rooms that are next to each other or on the same floor. And then I always suggest you set up a group chat with everyone who is going to Walt Disney World. That way, when everyone needs to know a message or if plans change, you already have like your Disney group chat already set and it makes things a lot easier. So in my course, I give a family interest sheet to everyone that they can have their family fill out just to gauge what they already like about Disney and what they know about Disney. At the beginning, it talks about favorite Disney movies and favorite characters. And the reason I do this, even for people who've been to Walt Disney World, is they may put on there, their child may put on there, well, my favorite movie is Wreck-It Ralph. And you're like, huh? And you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't recall anything that deals with Wreck-It Ralph. But then I'm like, well, you can actually meet Vanellope at Epcot. Or you might say, you know, they like the movie Up and you're like, well, there's nothing there that really pertains to Up. And you're like, actually, Kevin roams around Animal Kingdom. So it's really important for them to put down those characters in movies because you're going to base the trip around what the family already knows and loves about Disney because there's typically little sprinkles at the parks everywhere that you can cover from those movies. Then, of course, I have spots where they put down their ride bucket list. This is the FOMO part of Disney where people are like, oh, you got to write this or you have to write this or Avatar's the best. And from that list, you can start to explore and look at videos in your My Disney Experience app. Is this something you really want to ride? If you're motion sick, if you get motion sickness, maybe Avatar is not something that you want to ride. It's a giant screen. So this helps to narrow down where you need to start planning this Disney vacation, especially when you have a larger crew. So once you finish this family interest form, then you have to start deciding what are we going to do for dining. With large groups, sometimes it's easier to maybe have some set dining days that you want to dine together. Like if you wanted to do Cinderella's Royal Table all together on your last day at Magic Kingdom, or if you wanted to go to Epcot for dinner, I don't know if dining every day is recommended. If you have a group that sticks together the entire time, then that works for you all. But I know that there are some groups that maybe need to break off and do some things on their own. I know with my family, we pretty much stick together the entire time. We even try to stay in three bedroom grand villas and be together. But we also understand that every family is not 
like that. A lot of times with my husband's family, we break off into groups of two families or the all the grandkids want to do something together. So two adults will go. So you just have to really understand your family and what the style is and what the level of comfort is. If it's not going to be a happy occasion being together 24-7, just know it's okay to take a break. Even people we love the most get on our nerves when you're together in a confined space for days on end. So now let me jump into planning this trip with our good friends that's coming up in a few weeks. We have known them for six years. We consider them cherished and loved friends. My friend's husband, which he's also my friend too. So he loves Disney. I love Disney. He's my Disney guy. And so he grew up going to Walt Disney World. So did she. She's actually a Floridian, um, but <laughs> she does not love Disney, which is hilarious, but he loves it. So it's great. So we sat down and we had a planning meeting over what specific days we wanted to go to what parks. We decided we weren't really going to do a lot of full days. We wanted to end at Epcot a couple of nights for dinner. We made a plan of who's booking what dinner and like Cinderella's Royal Table were doing our last night, but because we have a split stay, we could not book all of our dining. And so they booked Cinderella's Royal Table by putting one person on a reservation with five people and they put the other spouse on a reservation with six people. That way it covered our whole group of 11 for that specific night. And then his siblings got the table for the other part of the family because, again, there is 15 of us going to that dining experience. So you have to be strategic in that way of figuring out who's booking dining and what nights are we going to do dining. From that point on, you can actually plan out the day. I feel like it's a little bit backwards from the way we usually do it, but I feel like with a large group, getting your dining reservations settled first at that 60 days will help you then plan your days. And even let's say you don't get the time you want, you can set up dining alerts and say, we're going to keep trying to get this a better time, but we are going to assume right now we're working off of this time, but we'll change our flow if we're able to get an earlier time with these dining alerts. Also, it's very difficult to get dining reservations over six people at Walt Disney World. So a lot of times you're going to split up the group. You're going to look for dining reservations that are six and five, four, four and four. Uh, sometimes I do three, seven. It, you just have to put in different combinations to see if you can get that reservation. As long as you get the times within 30 minutes. When you go up to the cast member, let them know the reservation numbers that you have and that you would like to get them close together. You can call Disney ahead of time. They will try to put that in that you are all seated together, but it's always best to go up a little bit before your reservation, like 30 minutes before and say, hey, these three are our reservations. Can you try to seat us as close together as possible and around the same time? So here's where it starts to get tricky. What rides are we going to ride? What parks are we going to go to? When are we going to take breaks? My friends are never breakers and I will not do that. But it's funny, they're never breakers, but they end their days pretty early. So they just go hard all day, have a dinner. And a lot of times they don't catch the nighttime show where we love the nighttime show especially because Epcot is our favorite park. So, of course, we love that nighttime show. And then, I mean, who doesn't love Happily Ever After? I still cry every time, and I've seen it a million times. So we decided 
One of the nights we're definitely going to stay for happily ever after. Two of the nights we're going to eat dinner at Epcot and our family may stay later for the show. They may head back, but we are going to spend our mornings together every day. So I typically don't go to the park in the morning every day. There is one day that we are not going to meet up because we just know our family will not be able to handle it. But we're going to try to rope drop for three days, not in a row, two rope drop days, rest, another rest day, and then a rope drop day. And those are the mornings where we are going to be heavily ride focused, ride heavy. And I will be honest with you. I know I try to teach you to lower your expectations. You're only going to get on, you know, so many rides. Anything is a bonus. Most of the time when we rope drop, we typically can get on five to six rides before we have lunch because we do the combination of rope dropping, booking our Genie Plus selection and purchasing individual lightning links. When you do that combination at any of the parks, you're going to get on a lot of rides in the morning. So that's why we also are always okay with taking a midday break because typically we're kind of burned out a little bit. We've gotten on six rides or seen shows and we've walked all over the place because we've kind of hustled from ride to ride. Then we have a really good lunch and then we go and take a break. Then we come back while Genie Plus and Standby Skipper are booked our line, our rides in the evening. We have a good dinner. We ride a bunch of rides. We see a nighttime show. If we're at Magic Kingdom, we hop right back in the park and keep getting in lines because those lines die down after fireworks. And so we have a full day that way. So I don't want you to ever be discouraged when I'm saying, you know, you need to only have like your top three priority. If you use Genie Plus, if you use all the strategies that I teach in my course, in my Instagram, my YouTube channel, all that stuff, you will be able to ride more, but you have to go in with a realistic plan. I don't ever want you to go in with a plan saying, I'm going to ride six rides before 12 o'clock because rides can go down and you'll be disappointed. It may be a super crowded day. Maybe you picked the wrong day to go to Magic Kingdom. You went on a Monday and that's a super busy day at Magic Kingdom. But I do want you to have a plan. You also need to have a plan of who is going to book the Genie Plus selections. If you have a group over 12, you're going to have two people booking. If the group is under 12, typically one person is going to take the lead for booking. But if you're doing virtual queue, everyone should try to get into the virtual queue. That is how we have always done it. At 7 a.m., we all pull down, refresh. One of us gets in, the designated Genie Plus person goes straight to book the Genie Plus once we know that they're not the one who gets in. And then another person is booking the individual lightning lane. If you're using Standby Skipper, Standby Skipper will take care of that Genie Plus selection. Everyone else can do the virtual queue. And then you can also book the individual lightning lane. I do highly recommend though, if you want to ride Tron or Guardians, honestly, with a large group, if you can afford the splurge of the individual lightning lane, I always say do it. The virtual queue is still a wait. Guardians is anywhere from 25 to 45 minutes. Tron is anywhere from 30 minutes to 65 minutes on average. It has been as high as 90 minutes. So for me personally, with a large group and wanting to hurry things along, I just have everyone budget having the individual lightning lanes. That way we don't have to really wait. If it's just my family of six, who cares if we wait? We can handle that. But with so many people and people anxious, people who've never been before. It's just like, if we can all save the money, 
and put that in the budget from the very beginning, it's so much less stressful when you're having to do ride or switch or wait in line for those really popular or high demand rides. Also, it's going to be important for planning something for everyone. I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be someone who whines on the trip. There's going to be someone who's like, well, why didn't we do that? Or they're going to see something and they're not going to understand like, well, you can't just do that. You can't just book that. Or we didn't have enough time to cover everyone. There's always someone who's going to complain. Just brush that off. Don't even worry about it. Just make sure that you are not stressed to the point that you're planning this trip for everyone else, that you're not enjoying it. So that's why it's important too, as a planner, make sure there's some stuff in there for you. Also, sit down in the beginning and give everyone realistic expectations. Let them know, look, we are not going to cover everything. We're not going to be able to do anything. Disney would not be in business if we could cover everything. So we're going to pick the most important things for everyone. Everyone gets one top priority in the family group. And we're going to try to cover that within this week. Our goal is we're going to do three of the top priorities each day. And we're going to have a fun-filled day. Everyone also needs to be patient. Everyone also needs to have all of their gear. And I am not playing around with that. If you are taking a family vacation during the summer with multiple people, do not go there unprepared for a Florida summer. Do not leave your ponchos at home. Do not skip out on the water shoes or shoe covers or extra socks. Do not leave the UV umbrellas at home for your parents. I was shocked because my my parents in my head, I'm like, they're young, they're healthy. It was hot in September for them. And thank goodness I had cooling rags ready to go. I had net fans ready for everyone. And I had UV umbrellas. I sent them all a list and was like, you must purchase these items. And I don't mind storing it for you after the trip for the next time we go to Disney. But you need these items to make sure the trip is enjoyable for you and everyone else. And I would send out a text message in the night before and say, make sure everything is plugged in and charged when we were all staying in the room together. We had our plugging station where I could see that everything was ready to go. Everyone needs their gear. Everyone needs to understand what's going on, even if they're not the ones planning specifically what's going on in the day. They need to know what to expect. So don't leave them hanging without expectations of what it's going to be like in Florida in the summer or the fall, not having the right gear or knowing what to expect of the day. The other thing that I was really shocked about when I took my parents was my parents needed more breaks and they're in their 60s. So I don't feel like they're very old, but I was like, oh, they need to sit down. So I need to be considerate of that in the schedule. And that's when I always say, it's not a big deal to break off from the group. If you want to have your mornings together, have lunch together, and then the midday break comes, and that's when the group starts splitting off, or the older kids want to go off and ride different roller coasters, that's okay. It's okay to not spend every minute together while you're at Walt Disney World. If you feel like you need a little something more for people to understand the plan, I do have a daily plan sheet that goes out in my course and then also it's in the shop and it's only like $3. But basically you can type it up. It's a PDF fillable form and it gives you a general idea of where you're going to be all day, what the general plan is. We're going to be in fantasy land. Here are the rides that we want to ride. This is what time our dining reservation is. And you can screenshot that on your phone and send it in that group text every morning. That way, everyone has a general idea of what the plan is going to be 
where we're supposed to be and what time we're supposed to be at our dining reservation or what time we plan on eating. Now you still have to be flexible because not everything always goes to plan, but at least it gives everyone a general idea and they don't feel so lost, especially if they're not technologically savvy and going into my Disney experience is confusing for them. So I always say try to find a way that isn't based just on the Disney app, especially if you're the one who manages other accounts so they don't feel as lost while they're at the parks. So my last piece of advice before I wrap this up, there's still so much more into planning with a large group. So again, Joy and Disney planning will help you out with that once I get back in August, but start early. The difference between planning for your family in a group is just so significant because you have so many other people to consider. If it's just one family, that makes it a little bit easier because you'll be communicating about it nonstop because it's just so fun and exciting. When you're doing a family reunion or a big group or multiple families, or maybe just your own family, but all the extended members. So if you have three siblings and they all have family and then you have your parents, that's four different families to consider in one trip, even though it feels like, well, it's just my family. It takes a lot of work, but it's so much fun. The best trips that I have been on are these bigger group trips. They're just, there's so many memories that are shared. You do kind of slow down the pace a little bit. Again, you have those busy mornings and kind of leisurely evenings. But some of the best memories for me are going on these large trips. So it is possible to have a wonderful time with a large group, still have it well planned and not get frustrated. And that's why being prepared and making sure everyone else is prepared and they know how to handle tantrums and they know how to handle the heat and everyone is on the same page of where you're going to be because you have the daily plan sheet. All of that stuff makes the trip run smoother. And that's the goal. I'm not saying that you're not going to have a hiccup or something isn't going to go wrong, but the better prepared you are and the further in advance that you plan, the smoother the trip at Walt Disney World will definitely go. All right, everyone. I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I hope this one is helpful. I get a lot of questions about how to plan for a lot of people. And I feel like that's something that I haven't touched on as much. So hopefully this is the beginning. Again, if you need a deeper dive, if you need more help, don't forget I have my Joy in Disney planning course that is now open to everyone to join. I have been working on it for over a year. So I'm finally glad to release it. And I hope that I can help you plan your dream Disney vacation. Thank you so much for joining me again and have a magical rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you have a moment, I would love a review. Find me on social media at Well Hello Magic. Until next time, have a magical day.